Welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we begin Avenging Kiss. It's the second book in the Savage Security series. Romantic and complex, this psychological thriller delivers twists and turns as you get a peek into each character's perspective. Readers are saying, This book has everything. Action, mystery, revenge, and romance. It's a great follow-up to Blood Kiss, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Avenging Kiss Chapter 1 The slap of the folder as it hit the table released a primal urgency that ramped up his adrenaline and nearly had him drooling. He'd waited for this. The chance to avenge the wrongs of the past that haunted him. He still woke with the taste of smoke on his tongue and the stench of burning flesh assaulting his nose. There were some nights when the nightmare seemed so real that he'd awake in time to vomit into the bucket that he kept near his bed. No matter how many times he purged his stomach, he could not extinguish the taste of death from his senses. But the cold sweat that covered his body when he awoke only sickened him more as it was a sign of his weakness. He'd wander into the shower to cleanse himself of the filth that clung to him like a phantom wound. Those were the worst nights. He'd pound his fists on the shower stall as tears burned down his cheeks. He'd lived with the shame long enough. He'd been weak, too weak to stop the attack. So his nightmares were his just punishment and catalyst for his plans. He prayed they'd disappear once he gave his friends the justice they deserved. The folder, as bland as it was, would change his life and bring him closure. His hand shot out and his fingertips reverently caressed the manila folder. Its contents held the answers to all his prayers. With a steady hand, he flipped it open. A man's picture stared up a hazine from the paper. Empty dark eyes, void of light and happiness, and a trim dark beard cloaked the man in mystery, making his face unreadable. But this man's daily routine was charted in black and white. He was human. He would bleed. Hazim vowed to end this man's life. He would destroy everything this predator loved. This man would know the pain that haunted Hazim, and then he'd kill him. Pride buoyed a deal at the pleased look on Hazim's face as he stared at the information detailed in the folder. Adil had worked tirelessly on this project. He'd taken months to follow these people. They wandered through life with suspicion and wariness, always alert and aware. But Adil had patiently done all the reconnaissance. He'd tail one for a few hours, then wait a few days and tail a different one. He cataloged their movements, who they spent time with, where they ate and lived. He'd frequently used disguises. He even made himself look like a woman a few times. That was easy, especially with the advantage of donning an abaya and headscarf. Adil never imagined that he'd make such a great spy, but now he believed it was his true calling. He'd enjoyed the cat-and-mouse game of spying. The danger sent a rush of adrenaline through his system, and that rush turned into a drug that he craved. It was a great honor to work on something of this significance. So Adil was happy to get this assignment. He'd lost family, too. So he also craved the revenge that haunted Hazim. 
When he saw the fire in Hazim's eyes as he stared at the folder, Adil knew justice would be delivered. You recognize the man? Adil asked, his voice heavy with an accent. Adil had lived in the States for nearly a decade. He'd done his best to assimilate, but his Middle Eastern roots were not easily hidden. His accent, dark skin, and black hair peppered with gray declared his differences in a society that still claimed to be the great melting pot. Hazim traced a finger over the white man's face. He noted the irony of how easily this man had blended into Middle Eastern culture. This predator's dark features and ability to speak several languages gave him an advantage when he had invaded Afghanistan. But now the tables were reversed. Hazim was on this savage's soil. Yes, Hazim said. My heart pulses with passion to end the life of this man. Then our people will finally rest in peace. That was Hazim's hope. Would the nightmares end when all their deaths were avenged? Would he finally sleep through the night without waking, covered in sweat and tasting death in the air? Adil sat in the chair across the table from Hazim and noted that Hazim still fingered the photo. As you see, Adil started, I've included a full summary on Mr. Savage. I learned a lot, but you will have to continue the hunt. My job is complete. Hazim nodded. He would win this game. No matter how prideful or awesome those arrogant bastards thought they were, they wouldn't see him coming. It was his turn to play ghost in the night. He had plans for them. All of them. His vision blurred as he read the monster's name. Cole Savage. What an appropriate name for a killer. Adil knew it would be difficult to see the pictures of the killers. He noted how Hazim seemed frozen on the first face, so he reached across the table and flipped over the paper, revealing another photo on the next page. Another face peered up at Hazim. Another dark-haired man, but his green eyes stood out. Tiny scars lined his face and added to his roguish appearance. He wore the scars well, but Hazim would add to the collection that covered the man's body. He would enjoy carving into Mike Lewis's flesh. They are all there, Adil said. He swallowed and watched as Hazim flipped the page and stared into another face. You know how to get a hold of me? The usual protocols were in place. This wasn't their first job together. Hazim nodded and read another name. Jack Black. The cocky grin on this one set Hazim's teeth on edge. His jaw clenched as he read the biography on Mr. Black. His list of accomplishments was great, and that was only what had been documented and easily accessible through their contacts. All of these men had done deeds that would never be spelled out in black and white. It would be a great honor to destroy them. Hazim flipped the page and looked at the next profile. His heart raced as he formulated his plan. He knew how he'd get in. Every one of these men would know pain before he ended their lives. He would make sure of it. Chapter 2 Saturday Jack Black opened the door to the grill house and stepped into the crowded restaurant. It was all decked out for Christmas. 
poinsettias set on the dark wood partitions that divided up different sections of the room. The traditional holiday plants also softened the bar. Tiny white twinkle lights brightened the romantically darkened room. This was the one time a year that their hangout resembled a classy place instead of their favorite casual beer and burger joint. A fake tree sat in the corner with LED lights that rotated through white and color-blinking stages. A large Toys for Tots box sat next to the tree. Gifts of all kinds spilled over the edges of the box and were also elegantly displayed under the tree. Jack shook the Christmas present in his hand. He hoped that the boy who received his gift would enjoy it. He understood that Christmas wasn't wonderful for everyone. Not every child had a tree full of presents, or even parents who could sit in the same room with each other without fighting. This time of year was supposed to be magical and filled with promise, but it didn't feel that way to Jack. It hadn't for a long time. His parents had managed to ruin Christmas forever. Christmas was now associated with the day his parents ripped his family apart. Jack had been eight, and after the excitement of opening the presents and going through the stockings, his parents sat him and his sister Andrea down at the kitchen table. He'd sat frozen in anger and fear while his sister sobbed uncontrollably as their parents told them that their dad was moving out. They tried to soften the blow by telling the kids it was just a trial separation. But that had been the worst part of it. Jack and Andrea had done everything they could to be perfect so their parents would love each other again. But that didn't happen. Their parents never reunited. After all these years, Jack now realized that reuniting had never been on the table. His dad hadn't been living alone in his new apartment. Instead of fixing his marriage, he had upgraded and shared his bed with a younger woman from work. It was so cliché that Jack was embarrassed to tell people. To Jack, it felt as if his dad was either too dumb or too lazy to even try to be original in his cheating ways. As Jack cut through the crowd toward the Christmas tree, he caught Cole's eye. Cole stood at the bar, talking with the owner. They nodded to each other in greeting. Cole held his drink high and pointed to a long table in the far corner of the room. Jack gave a little wave with his present and continued towards the tree. He would join the guys in a minute, but first he had a gift to drop off. A pretty blonde, dressed in a skimpy elf costume, welcomed him. She obviously wasn't a real elf, and for that matter, he wasn't certain how much of her was real. Dark roots proved that her various blonde highlights that striped through her long locks were fake and as she took the gift from Jack, her fake nails gently scraped over his hand as she flashed him a brighter-than-white smile. He was certain those chompers would glow in the dark. Her porn-worthy double Ds were barely contained in her green elf bustier. Jack felt confident that they were fake, too. Such perfection and buoyancy was seldom a gift from God. Thank you for your donation. She cooed and cradled his gift in her arms purposely elevating her breasts even higher. Do you have a Christmas wish? She cocked her head and gave a little shrug of her shoulders in a ploy to draw attention to her magnificent rack. Jack kept his eyes on her face. World peace, he stated and turned. He looked over his shoulder and tossed his hand up in a wave 
as he walked away and said, Merry Christmas. Jack scanned the restaurant as he made his way to the table where his friends sat. There was only one woman he wanted under his tree, and she wasn't there yet. Bella. The name was nowhere near as beautiful as the woman. When Jack first met her, it was like a film that covered his eyes and dulled his vision had been peeled away. Life was brighter when she was around. She radiated the warmth and positivity that decimated the mediocrity and negativity that bombarded the world. She was the opposite of everything he'd hunted and destroyed, and he wanted her. Not as a hookup. Not as a fuck buddy. She was too rare and special for that. She was the kind of woman a man wanted to marry. The kind of woman that shredded Jack's self-preservation instinct to avoid commitment at all costs. He could thank his parents for the well-ingrained belief that commitment was futile. They taught him that marriage wasn't forever. His dad hadn't even stayed faithful to the woman who'd replaced his mother. He was now on his fourth wife. That fact embarrassed Jack, too. No one wants a serial cheater for a father. Jack couldn't understand how any woman would be foolish enough to get involved with a man who so obviously refused to be faithful. Unfortunately, Jack figured that said a lot about the women, too. They were just as pathetic as his father in their own way. Maybe they were needy or insecure. He didn't really understand it. And he really didn't need to. He just knew that when he'd met Bella, he'd met someone he could commit to. He remembered their first meeting perfectly. He'd barged into Cole's office to report that his team was back when his eyes landed on her. His blood had turned molten as a rush of lust flooded his system. She'd sat in the chair opposite of Cole in a modest skirt suit, with a leather binder in her lap. Her hands were folded together on top of the binder, and surprise had lit her dark brown eyes as she took him in from head to toe. Cole had stood from behind his desk and motioned to Jack. Miss Chan, this is Jack Black. He's one of our operators. She'd stood and stepped toward him in a pair of heels that defied logic and comfort. When Jack had extended his hand, he'd hoped it hadn't turned sweaty from the heat that smothered him. Miss Chan, he said politely, as his hand encompassed hers. And your first name is? He gave her a warm smile, which had been easy since he was on fire. Bella, she seemed to relax as she smiled. It's nice to meet you, Mr. Black. Mr. Black, who the hell is that? Jack chuckled and said, You can call me Jack. Jack, she repeated, as she broke the handshake and held her leather binder in front of her with both hands. It's nice to meet you. She'd already said that, but he wasn't about to point that out. Was this how it felt to be pierced by Cupid's arrow? Her voice had washed over him, like a gentle flow of stream gracefully dancing over pebbles on its voyage to the sea. And from that day forward, she'd added more kindling to the fire that consumed him. Every day she impressed him with her kindness, compassion, and love for life. She had enough optimism to balance out the cynicism that circled around her. And now he was tired of being afraid of commitment. He wasn't that man anymore. Hell, he figured he was already committed to Bella. He hadn't had sex with a woman since the day he'd met her. There had been plenty who offered but he couldn't. He refused to harbor the desire for her and be with another woman. 
No way in hell would he become his father. Merry Christmas, Alicia Woods said to Jack from her perch on Mike Lewis's lap, zinging Jack from his thoughts and into the here and now. Good to see you, she added. With each day, she felt a little stronger and braver as she worked to reclaim her life. It had been a little over two months since the attack, and as she worked with her therapist, she realized that life could still be wonderful. She had a great guy who loved her, and she loved him back, passionately. Hey, Jack said. He pulled out a chair and sat at the large table. He chose that spot because it gave him a good view of the entrance and bar. He had arrived early so he could wrangle Bella into the seat next to him. His plan was to use the work Christmas party as an innocent way to flirt with her. He was always polite and professional at work, although he did flirt a little with her. Occasionally she would return the flirtation, but she was typically professional with him. He wanted to break through that professional exterior to the softness that defined her. He wasn't going to miss his chance when she walked in. Jack did a quick look at Alicia and Mike. There were plenty of empty chairs at the table, so there was no need for Alicia to be on Mike's lap. Want me to get you a chair? He asked Alicia. He already knew the answer before he asked. I wouldn't want you to be uncomfortable. He smirked at Mike. No, thanks. He shook his head. He'd just returned that day from a business trip. He was already irritated that he was here with everyone from work for the annual Christmas party when he wanted to be alone with Alicia. No way was he letting her get off his lap. She was working her nails through his hair, teasing him with her attention and the sexy feel of her body pressed against him. Besides, he loved having his scalp massaged. She's good right here for now. He ran his hand over her thigh, and she squirmed in his lap. He wanted to snake his hand higher, under her skirt, but he couldn't get away with that here. They would celebrate in their own way once they were in private. Alicia pointed to the chair next to Mike. I'm saving this one for when the food comes, Jack snorted. You just can't get enough of him, can you? He hoped that one day Bella would see him like that. Nope, he's addictive, Alicia replied. She stroked her fingers through Mike's short hair and stole a kiss. She'd never imagined that a man like him existed outside the pages of romance novels. Mike was fiercely loyal the type to do anything for a friend, including take a bullet for them. And his body bore the scars of his selflessness. Cole eased into his chair and took a sip of beer from his glass. We appreciate you being here with us, he said to Mike. He knew what Mike would rather be doing. He'd rather be doing that too. But everyone worked hard all year, and this little party at Savage Security's expense was a small way of saying thanks. A part of Cole was a little jealous of Mike because he had a great woman who showered him with love. He'd come to realize that he wanted that, too. He'd spent enough time as a bachelor sleeping in the sweltering heat with a gun as his closest companion. He was ready for the feminine curves of a woman to caress at night. Cole looked at Alicia and asked, So, did you miss the guy? He tossed a thumb in Mike's direction. Alicia looked lovingly into Mike's green eyes. You know I did, she replied confidently. She leaned in and gave Mike another kiss. But Forrest kept me company. Her little Yorkshire terrier played an important part in her healing process. Mike had been nervous the whole time he'd been away. It was the first time since her attack that she'd been alone for a night. He loved being her rock, 
but he was thankful that she'd healed enough to handle being alone. I think I missed her more than she missed me. There was no way that was true. Alicia had been scared. Each sound in the house creeped her out. She'd kept Forrest with her at all times, even though she knew he was a useless guardian. But she'd recognized the value of making it through the nights without Mike's protection. That tiny step showed the progress she was making in her healing process. She was proud of herself for working through the trauma and getting back to a regular self. Alicia stood from Mike's lap and slid her palms down her thighs, readjusting her skirt. She placed her hand on Mike's shoulder and said, I'll be right back. Leaning in, she kissed his cheek and then straightened. Grabbing a wristlet, she headed towards the bathroom. Jack waited until Alicia was out of earshot and asked, So, who had it worse, you or her? Mike's shoulders rose as he harumphed. Not sure. He looked across the crowded bar and watched Alicia open the restroom door and disappear through the doorway. Those few days had been tough on him. He knew she was safe, but he still dreamt about finding her covered in blood. We talked each night. She put on a brave front, but I could hear the waver in her voice. Jack nodded. Guess that's to be expected. He could still imagine her lifeless body in the hallway as he hunched over the pervert that had abducted her. He was glad the bastard was dead. She didn't need the hassle of a trial or fear of his return. She looks good. She's working with a therapist, Mike said. She's coming to terms with everything. That's good, Cole said. He took a swig of his beer and watched as Julia Romero took orders at a nearby table. The sexy Mrs. Claus costume was killing him. He thought she looked good in a t-shirt and shorts, but the red bustier pushed up her breasts and then tapered at the waist, showing off her curves. The short red skirt edged with white fur hit her mid-thigh, and sexy black boots finished off the ensemble. This may be his favorite Christmas yet. Jack wasn't sure how much he wanted to tease his boss about his obsession with Julia. However, he wondered if he should point out to Cole the similarity between his own feelings for Bella, whom Cole had declared off-limits, and how Cole felt about Julia, whom Mike had declared off-limits. Jack disagreed with Mike's stance regarding Julia. Cole was a good man, and she'd be lucky to get him. But Mike carried guilt for his sister's death, and it haunted him that Julia had suffered also when Amy was murdered. Jack figured that if Mike wanted to help Julia— He'd encourage the relationship between Julia and Cole instead of thwarting it. Besides, it was only a matter of time until Cole went around Mike and pursued Julia anyway. Perhaps if Cole realized how similar their situations were, he'd give the go-ahead for Jack to pursue Bella. Jack fought back a laugh as he watched Cole eyeing Julia. Cole was usually better at observing people without being so obvious, but at this moment... Cole couldn't keep his eyes off of her. Hey, Cole, Jack began. What are you asking Santa for this year? He laughed and made an obvious glance at Julia. Patience, Cole replied deadpan. He and Mike were going to have a talk. He'd made a decision, and he wasn't going to let Mike get in the way. Cole's lips curved into a smile as Julia turned towards the table. She caught his gaze and returned his smile. He'd chosen this restaurant for a reason, and he was looking at her right now. Julia stopped beside Jack 
and rested a hand on his shoulder. Hey, Jack, what can I get you to drink? She asked, her voice light and bubbly. She darted a quick glance around the table and then focused on Jack again. Whatever's on tap, Jack replied. I'm easy. He gave a casual shrug of his shoulders. Julia laughed and her cheeks flushed pink. I already know that. Mike's told me tales about you, she teased, biting her lip. But I couldn't help but notice that it's been a while since you've left here with a lady. Cole's eyebrows scrunched together as he crossed his arms over his chest and leaned back in his chair. His jaw ticked as he surveyed Julia's interaction with Jack. Was she flirting with Jack? Why the hell was Mike talking to Julia about Jack? And she touched Jack's shoulder and gave him that sweet laugh. She never touched Cole's shoulder. She certainly never giggled for him. Cole hadn't seen this coming. He thought his biggest obstacle in his way was Mike, not Julia's feelings for another man. Jack turned a little in his seat, resting his elbow on the edge of the table. He couldn't help but smile as he did an obvious head-to-toe appraisal of Julia in her Mrs. Claus costume. I'm flattered that a beautiful lady like you would notice my comings and goings, he flirted back, lacing his voice with all the charm that in his past had ladies dropping their panties for him. He could feel the heat from Cole's glare burning into him, and he loved every minute of it. He was going to have some fun with this. Tell me, does Mrs. Claus have anyone in mind for me? A special someone that I could cuddle by the tree? Julia laughed again and felt her face flush a deeper shade of red. She couldn't help herself. She stretched out her hand and rubbed Jack's arm, gently squeezing his bicep. It was really hard for her to keep her hands off of him. He was so easygoing and fun, and his arms were just so well-defined. Those bulging muscles called to her, begging for her attention, like a puppy begging for a treat. At least that was what she told herself. She hoped she didn't look like a pathetic puppy begging for scraps of his attention. I'd never interfere in your relationships, she replied, tilting her head a little and giving him another smile. But I'm sure you could find someone here who would love to spend time with you. She wanted to rub his arm again, feel the hard curve of his bicep. But that would look desperate and be way too obvious. And this group of guys tended to notice everything. And she'd probably already pushed her luck. So instead, she gripped her pen and order pad more firmly. Cole couldn't believe his eyes. Julia was flat out flirting with Jack. No holds barred. He'd never seen her be so obvious in her flirtation with any man. Nausea churned his gut. I'll get right on that for you, Julia said, and then bit her lip and blushed. She hadn't meant it to sound so provocative. The beer, she rattled, quickly tapping the pen against the order pad. Then... With an intake of air, she got out of there as fast as she could. Jack leaned forward and rested his arms on the table. He stared at Cole and couldn't help but smile as he raised an eyebrow. She's going to get right on that for me. He couldn't help the low laugh that rumbled from his chest. Taunting Cole was very satisfying. Mike chuckled and took another drink of his beer. He knew Julia well, better than the guys at the table, and she was usually pretty conservative. That outfit was the sexiest thing he'd ever seen her in. And after the nightmare she'd been through with his sister, she didn't throw herself at men. She was painfully aware of the monster that lurked inside some men. 
Apparently, she felt safe with his friends, and it appeared that tonight was going to be one to remember. But he still wished he was at home in bed with Alicia. Cole wasn't sure what to think or say. He clenched his teeth as he collected his thoughts. What was that? Was the best he could do. Then he turned his eyes onto Mike in accusation. Mike held his hands up and said, Hey, don't point your anger my way. This is news to me, too. Jack looked over his shoulder and caught a glimpse of Julia as she set drinks on her serving tray. Then he leaned in and said, I think that costume has given our Julia a little too much Christmas cheer. Looks like she's aiming to be a naughty little elf. Cole scrubbed a hand over his well-trimmed beard as he reigned in his frustration. First, she's not our anything. Second, don't play with her heart. Jack tilted his head to the side as if he were pondering the meaning of life. Can I play with her other parts? Cole wanted to leap across the table and slam Jack's smart-ass smile against the table. Apparently, Jack realized that too because he leaned back in his chair and put a little more distance between them. Mike did his best not to laugh or get involved. They could hash this out for themselves. Jack held his hands up and said, Don't worry, Cole. I won't touch her. But I can't be held responsible for when she touches me. Cole shifted in his seat. Yeah? You're just being an ass. I'm not worried. We both know that you're not interested in her. He leaned back in his chair and crossed his arms over his chest. Besides, he knew there was no way Jack would make a move on another man's target. Jack nodded in confirmation. He realized that Cole must be pretty pissed if that was the best he could do. Well, it may be true that I've been somewhat interested in a different lady, but I've been told that she's off limits. So, Jack shrugged his shoulders, still baiting Cole. That one's off limits, too. Don't forget, I'm your boss. It would be a mistake to piss me off, Cole barked. Or you'll get all the shit jobs. His Christmas cheer had stormed away, and now he was left with a heart that was two sizes too small. He really needed another drink. This time, maybe something stronger than a beer. Jack held his hands out, palms up in mock exasperation. I'm already saddled with Mike. What more can you do to me? Jack couldn't help but smirk. The night was turning out to be better than he'd hoped, and Bella hadn't even arrived yet. Jack watched as Julia headed for their table with his beer. As much fun as it was to annoy Cole... He couldn't lead Julia on. That would blow up in his face and make him a huge prick. I hope you enjoyed chapters one and two of Avenging Kiss. I am so excited to share this novel with you. It's one of my favorites. If you have not had a chance to listen to Blood Kiss, you may want to do that. It can be found in episodes 27 through 37. However, this book stands on its own. The need for revenge propels Hazim and Adil into a vindictive plot that threatens the men of savage security. Oblivious to the danger around them, the men are busy doing everything they can to get the women who have captured their hearts. Will they find love, or will they be left hanging? To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow my secret obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash cherishlively. Do you want to be a part of my secret obsession? 
I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>